How is your coaching attitude? Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Hello, Rory. Hey, Paul. It's great to be here. Thank you, my friend. I'm glad you're here. Back to talk about, to preach about <laughs> the good word of coaching and how it can really uh, not only transform an organization, but help people move to their potential. Absolutely. Well, I think we need a hallelujah and an amen. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> hallelujah, amen. Yeah, but today we're going to talk about attitude of coaching. I just think it's so important to have that positive coaching attitude because there are there are folks, and I have, I have to admit, I've had clients, I'm like, oh, my God. And you've, you you can't let that impact your coaching mindset. Okay. So we're going to talk about a few things, how to overcome that mindset. And, and, and first off is recognize it, is to see, you know what, I might not be 100% on this. And it also has an impact on that, in, that person you're working with, that team member you're working with. You know, there are some team members, man, they want to grow. They want to be, they want to, they're, they're just like sponges for feedback. And there's mm-hmm. other folks going, hey, I got this. I'm good. And they're really, the, you know, typically the second scenario is the ones who really need to have some of their efforts redirected. So. And the overall, but the overall attitude, mm-hmm. what I've learned from listening to you is that you got to believe that these people can reach your potential and that the organization can in right. the very first place. Or you won't even be doing this. Right. Numero uno, you got to believe. Yeah. And then, you know, and, and I think that's number one for this. And then number two, when, when they leave the meeting or when the meeting's over, have, do they feel better about themselves as a human being? Mm-hmm. Because a coaching, you know, a coaching attitude, if, if they leave feeling worse about themselves as a human being, then you haven't achieved yeah. what, you, what you wanted to achieve. And w- we were talking about this. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. At lunch. Right. We, did, we had lunch, folks. We actually <laughs> talk sometimes off the, about... I said there's not enough people bringing people up in this Absolutely world nowadays, right. and, it, and it, it gets a little discouraging. Right. This is an opportunity to coach someone to bring them up, to push them up to a higher ground. Yeah, absolutely. Bring them up to the level that, that you know they can be, because we're talking about coaching for potential, not coaching for the problem. Right. Or coaching for the mistake. Yeah. We're coaching for potential. So you, n- nobody is at a point where they're perfect. I mean... Most organizations, if they could hire the person they wanted in that role, they'd have to pay a lot more money to get them there. Mm-hmm. So you get the person you can afford and with the budget you have, and they may have some rough spots, but then you can help them grow. And guess what? You might have a great employee with that. So what's your your attitude and your mindset in the coaching process? And, and the secret is when you're doing that, you're moving yourself up and your organization. Exactly. So, okay, good. So I'm excited about this this topic today. The next thing is to invest in yourself. And that is, you know, uh, Anthony Robbins talks about his hour of power. So, you know, for an hour in the morning, he's taking time to recharge himself because if he's not recharged, how can he recharge others? So invest in yourself. What are you doing that you can, in fact, improve your skill set? One of these things is to listen to our podcast yes. because that's another way to invest in yourself to say, am I doing these things? Most people don't have to be taught how to do this. They need to be reminded to do this. Mm-hmm. And they have to have it as kind what of a continuation. Are, what are other ways? I mean, you, you have this podcast. You try to keep it to 15 to 20 minutes so right. it's a, you know you can get it every week and mm-hmm. digest it. What are some other things that people can do to invest in themselves? I, I mean, just get some of the great coaching books out there. Uh, I, in the next few weeks, I'm going to be interviewing a guy named Michael Marquardt. 
he wrote a book called Leading with Questions. And then okay. I also just interviewed uh, Bob Teed, and he's the guy who has Leading with Questions website. And those guys have just got great information on how to ask great questions. Mm -hmm. And Bob Teed, you know, asked me the question of what's one of the best questions that you've ever asked yourself? And I really had to think about it for a minute. And, and actually, wow. what we're talking today, the reason we're having this conversation today is because I was in an airport, and I asked myself the question, how can I get out of airports? How can I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. seriously, how can I get off the road, not be speaking so much on the road, spending so much time in airports and airplanes? And so I asked myself that question 10 years ago. How can I get off more airplanes? How can I not be premier status in a, with an airline, but still make the same amount of money or more? Mm -hmm. How can I have more of an impact? And how can I be more fulfilled? And I asked myself all of those questions in the airport about 10 years ago. And I, what I did is kind of strategically over time, I said, okay, how do I move my career into that, into that scenario? And now with coaching as my primary form of making a living, I now have got all of those because that was my mindset. Mm -hmm. And I'd never even thought about, you know, what's the best question you've ever asked yourself until Bob Teedy um, asked me that. And I just think that's a great, and I think I said Bob Teed earlier, but it's yeah. Bob Teedy. But it's a great way to invest in yourself by listening to other people, asking yourself where you want to go, and having a, and a, a vision for yourself. Yeah, and it didn't happen overnight. And it and, and that's the thing with a lot of folks is they think that, oh, my goodness, it's going to happen overnight. Right. No, I was willing to stay. I mean, I still kept my speaking career. I still kept speaking engagement. I still promoted that. But then I continued to start to promote the coaching process to a much heavier perspective. And and but the thing is, now I get to see people grow. And I just yeah. love that. I get, to see, I get to see them progress and to grow. And that's really the thing that geeks me up about this career is to do that. And the other thing is to do is just to continue to develop a, a positive mindset. You know, who do you, um, who do you continue to listen to or talk to, or what are positive ideas that you get on a on a daily basis to help reinforce that you've got to have that positive mindset? And I had a friend of mine one time, and he says, "You just got to you just got to realize this." He says, "Sometimes life sucks. Get over it." Yeah. And it absolutely does. And then, what's the positive side of the equation? Because if we, if we always are, you know, going oh pitiful me or, or poor me or, oh, you know, it's bad about me, we'll never develop that skill set that we can help other people go beyond themselves. And a little bit about what you think is the distinction between um, being positive and being um, ignoring problems. Because mm. I think a lot of people want to say they're being positive by acting like everything is perfect. Right. But really positive means that you're... Um, looking at everything and you know you can overcome your issues and, and you and you see the realistic issues in front of you i will uh, defer for a second because i'm a huge ernest shackleton fan uh -huh. and over the weekend we just watched a, a documentary on uh, Greeley, who took an expedition to up to the north pole and it went really really bad and it was actually about probably 20 30 years before ernest oh, shackleton okay. took his group to the south pole and ernest shackleton realized that keeping morale high was very important but here's the difference between being positive and being Pollyannish. Yeah. Ernest Shackleton had 27 men. They'd lost their ship. They were literally floating on an ice floe trying to keep their, you know, their equipment together, things like that. And sometimes the ice floe would actually break and there'd be people who would fall into the ocean to pull them out of the ocean mm. and get them back on the ice floe. So, you know, that's a bad situation. Yeah. But during that entire time, he remained positive that we are going to find a way that we're all going to get off of this and we are all going to survive. And it's one of the most extraordinary stories ever told about an expedition. And he did do it. 
And the difference between the South Pole expedition of Shackleton and the North Pole expedition of Greeley is Greeley lost his attitude. He, he allowed the morale of the entire group to go down rather than to say, okay, how do we survive as a group? What do we do going forward? Even to the point where at one point when they were, when they were on the ice flow, Greeley literally crawled into a sleeping bag and just almost went into a depressed state. Oh, wow. So how can you as a leader allow that to happen? And I think those are, you know, recognize the reality. They both had, both the men had similar realities. They both were in extremely cold situations, very, very low rations, very little food, uh, day upon day upon day of darkness. But the way they handle the morale and the positive attitude is very important. And so you may go on day after day of day of darkness of saying, oh, my God, this is really terrible at the situation I'm in, which most people are not in a in an Antarctic or an Arctic scenario. But those are the ways to stay positive in that state of it. So I think that's a great question okay. you asked there is uh, and Bob T would be very, very happy about, you know, what's one of the best questions. That's a great question right there. Yay, be, <laughs> take that, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> develop the, you know, to uh, to developing that. So I think that's uh, the important key. So what is the next attitude of coaching? Well, I think the next one is not only the attitude, but the, but the habit. Okay. And that is to make sure that you make coaching a, a daily habit. You're always looking for an opportunity to coach folks. And that is to find them doing something good and reinforcing that because what gets rewarded gets repeated. But the other side of the coin is too recognizing that rather than telling somebody about things that you truly step back and you um, – you're asking questions. You're you're making your mindset into questions, and as you as you grow that mindset, that that becomes your vocabulary. That you, I want all the managers, I want everybody who's listening to this today, to default towards questions. If mm-hmm. that's your default, tell me about this. Tell me about that. Tell me this perspective. What's your what's your viewpoint on this? Doing that has a tremendous impact on developing that coaching habit, and I think that's that's a very very important key in that regard and then like any type of habit mm-hmm. it becomes you have to think about it at first right and then later you're just doing it right, right? absolutely you want to come to the point where ultimately uh you know you, you become uh, a competent or you know an unconscious competent right right and you do that by just repetition and developing that coach, coaching habit and but also it's incredibly powerful for personal personal relationships, relationship with your spouses, all of those things. It helps a great deal uh, to do that because if you if you learn how to ask questions and really involve people, it's amazing what you can accomplish. So that's the uh, the other one right there. So next on the how to is mm-hmm. outline consequences, right? You've got to, and you can't. Help you know in this whole process, the most powerful aspect of this process and being persuasive as a coach is really asking them the questions of what's what are they seeing or what what. So if we take this action and this happens, what do you think the consequences of that'll be? Or if we do this and this is the outcome, rather than you telling them that's you know I don't think that's going to work, right? Because that's just, again that's going back to telling. But if you ask the question, okay, if we do this and this and this and this is our budget and this happens. Excuse me. And this is our budget. And this happens. What do we do? Then all of a sudden, they're talking about it, and that's very, very important. Key is they get and to talk for every about action. It. There's a reaction. Yes. Walk them through that yeah. idea. 
And, and basically ask them questions so they get to that point. Because if you say it, it's like Charlie Brown's uh, teacher, wah, 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 wah. If they say it, guess what? It's yeah. gospel. And I think that's an important aspect of coaching is to get to that, that process uh, where we do that. You need to enlist their ownership is next, right? Yeah. How do you do that? And this is a, this is a great point with regards to coaching. If they own it, if it's their baby, guess what? It's, let's, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Have you ever rented a car and then took it and taken it to go get it washed before you returned no, it? No, no, you're right. <laughs> you didn't own the car. That's right. Yeah, you might have driven over curbs with it. You know, That's who right. knows? Yeah. I mean, you, or uh, the old saying that uh, when I was at one company, drive it like it's a rental. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, you're not going to do that. But now you've taken your personal car mm-hmm. and gotten it washed. That's right. Or washed. Right. I'm already given a hard time about it. I, I'm from the Midwest. We say wash. Yeah. <laughs> And we're drinking our pop. Exactly. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So that you have the ownership. You're gonna you're gonna look at it and have it in a different right how, mind frame. How are you gonna handle this pro- this situation? How are you gonna handle th- this scenario? What are you gonna do? Who are you gonna enlist? Who do you wanna be on your team? What resources do you need? And all of a sudden, that becomes their team, their resources, their process. Um, and a- another example of that is, you know. Ernest Shackleton, when he had his Antarctic explorers, he would actually give, in order to keep their minds alert, he would give them responsibilities to Mm. be aware of for the other team members Mm -hmm. because they had to enlist ownership. So he had somebody who was cooking, somebody who would go out hunting, someone who would, you know, watch for safety or whatever. Uh, You know, they would take turns during the night watch. So they all owned a certain responsibility of it. So they, you know, the only way they were going to survive, those 27 people, when they lost their boat called the Endurance, was for all of them to take ownership on how do we survive. And so he did that. If you enlist your folks and they have ownership, it's going to make a huge impact mm-hmm. on your ability to lead and go forward. And the next one is appreciate employees. Absolutely. Not only appreciate your employees, that's going to be a great attitude of coaching because what gets rewarded gets repeated. But Make sure that you recognize and appreciate those folks behind your team, that support team for your folks. It could be the accounting department. Right. It could be the marketing department. It could the be the training department. It could be the training department. <laughs> Absolutely right. But any of those folks and let them know what a positive impact they've made on your team. Because guess what? You know, when people do that, you go out of your way to help them. Mm-hmm. And you could help get so much more influence in your organization by helping appreciate those back office folks, those support staff that make a huge impact on your team and your organization. Can I throw a story? Sure. Very personal story. My those wife, are the best. My wife just started a new job mm-hmm. last week. Mm-hmm. She was at a company where she was doing well, she was making good money, mm-hmm. and had a supervisor or manager, whatever mm-hmm. it was, never communicated. Right. She left that job missing some of her coworkers Mm -hmm. got an email saying today's your last day you can leave early if you want (laughs) okay thanks (laughs) then she's now at a job right that is closer to her home right pays a heck of a lot more money to her and um they've already taken her out to lunch as a welcome like three times before i mean that's what organizations Mm -hmm. aren't doing when they're doing the simple appreciation so who won there? Right. It, it didn't hurt the employee at all. They went off to a bigger and better thing right. for them. Right. Now they got to hire someone else over there, and they got to go through the whole thing. How and expensive is that? Not only as expensive as that, they probably don't even know. Mm-hmm. 
I want to ask this. Did anybody do an exit interview with your wife and say, why are you leaving? The, the email she sent was, when should I do my exit interview? <laughs> the reply back was, we don't do that anymore. Right, because we're so good, we don't need to ask. Right, right, right. right. Uh, it's just like a, a chef saying, you know, how was your meal? Mm-hmm. If if they were to cook for 20 years and never ask them how their meal was and somebody would never say it's too salty, it's too sweet, it's too this, it's too that, they would never they would never adjust. They never give the feedback. Well, well, how could they be great if they don't ask that question? But I, I see, I've been in organizations where, you know, the finance guys are running things mm-hmm. and guys like you and I, the, the trainers and, and whatever, right. they're like, oh, whatever, we have to run the numbers. But the numbers on that situation... They have to be going crazy in organizations like that. Right. I mean, if you don't care enough about the the making someone feel good, care enough about the bottom line to your right. organization. This, it, this, this stuff drives the bottom line. Mm-hmm. In all the organizations I've worked with, I can show them a positive ROA on the efforts. In every organization, absolutely every organization. When I've worked with one organization and they had out of 100 employees in this one department, they typically had 15 uh, vacancies. Mm-hmm. I started working with them. Guess what? They went from 15 vacancies down to one. Yeah. Now, how much time do they not have to spend on hiring people? How much, Amazing. How much time do they save on training people? How much time do they now spend on building morale in an organization in a positive way? People think that you know this is all foo-foo, but I can show them. In bottom line details, this has an impact on their ROA. The finance guys run balance sheets, but balance sheets never move unless people do That's something right. differently. That's it. Everybody should write that quote down right there. What's that? What, that quote you just said. <laughs> yeah. Rewind. The, the bottom line. Yeah. The, I don't know if I can or not, but the bottom line is driven by the actions of the organization, not by an Excel spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. And I realize the finance persons, they can justify, you know, well, we can't spend money on this. And you've done that before, right? You've been the finance guy for organizations. Right. I've been the finance guy. I've been the CEO. Yeah. I, I've been those jobs. And the more I learn about this skill set is it's, it's all about changing the behavior of people. And the, only, the best and most effective way I have seen the ability to change behavior of people, an organization, and a culture is by using coaching as a coaching culture to change them. And so it's the greatest way to appreciate people, not only the frontline folks, but the backline. You got me fired up yeah. there on the well, ROA thing. Thank, well, thanks for letting me <laughs> throw in that story. That's a great you're story. The, you're the expert. I'm, no. the, I'm the guy that pushed record <laughs> on this thing. But... I thought I would add that in there. No, that's a great story. Because it's exactly what you're talking about, that attitude. And here's the other point, even a a more profound point like this. Mm -hmm. Before her manager didn't communicate, she really wasn't looking for a job. She would have probably stayed there. That's right. But she got a better job with more money and a better culture because guess what? She wasn't appreciated where she was at. And so she said, you know what? I'm going to look around, which is a great example of appreciate your employees. Mm -hmm. If you don't appreciate them, guess what? They may, in fact, go someplace else. It's like... Um, guess what? I send flowers to my wife every once in a while. Why? I want her to feel appreciated. That's I don't right. want her to go out and try to find a, exactly. a, a new husband to employ her time. <laughs> right. I want to I keep her exactly. as a wife. Right. And so appreciation works on a whole host of levels. Mm-hmm. So I just think that was a great, great point to finish on is make sure that you appreciate your folks. Absolutely. So that is how is your coaching how is your coaching attitude how's your coaching attitude is the is the important one right there and i just think that's such an important aspect is how's your coaching attitude and both from a standpoint of you know do you invest in yourself uh do you make sure that you develop a positive mindset and make sure that you 
are always in a positive mindset, even when things may in fact suck. Uh, just like my friend said, sometimes it sucks, get over it. And I just think mm-hmm. that's such an important mindset. Because we always, I, I, will, I will tell you, do I have pity parties sometimes? Yes, and I try okay. to keep them a very, very short party, and I try to leave quickly. I try to leave early. I, I make my appearance, and I try to leave. But there are people that that positive mindset is so important. Develop a coaching habit, making sure that your language changes, that it becomes your vernacular, and that you have the ability to where you become an unconscious competent. You don't have to think about coaching anymore. You don't think about that. It's just a conversation that you have. That's the way you now communicate. You no longer tell people what to do. You ask questions, and that's the the essence of it. Certainly outline the consequences. If we don't do this or don't do that or we do this, what are going to be the consequences? Ask them their opinion. See what they think will the consequence will be. Obviously, enlist ownership. Give people responsibilities and roles so they feel empowered to do it. And then obviously appreciate your employees. And that was just a great story about uh, your wife. And, you know, if they had just shown appreciation for her, the impact it would have made in her. I mean, she probably would have stayed. And, Absolutely. You know, but now she's making more money. She feels appreciated more. She's had three lunches just to say welcome her mm-hmm. when, in fact, um, you know, before that never happened. Never it just, happened. It's the little things yeah. like that just make a huge impact. Yeah. And coaching is one of the most important things that you can do with your organization. All right. We've had a good, good, good information, mm-hmm. great information. If you want even more information, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, they can get a hold of me on my website, RoyRoland.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-O-W-L-A-N-D.com. They can also go to Coaching Managers University. We've got an online coaching program there to help people learn these skills uh, over time. And it also is a great way for them to take it and put it in their organization. All right. Thanks uh, so much, Rory. We'll see you next time. You bet. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Roland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.